0: Exploring Earth The world is full of mysteries And I'm here to solve them On today's episode of Exploring Earth, we will be reading three different books. They're not big books, they're pretty small books. They're little children books. But my friend Evelyn recommended that I change things up a little bit, so that's what I'm going to be doing. Now, these books aren't, like I said, they aren't very big, but they are pretty good. So first I'll be reading Ruby Bakes the Cakes. then I'll be reading Pig, the Winner, and then I'll be reading Ada Twist, Scientist. Okay. So, let's get started with reading the books. Okay, so like I said, first we'll be reading Ruby Bakes a Cake, okay? So Ruby Bakes a Cake by Susan Hill, illustrated by Margie Moore. Ruby Raccoon wanted to bake a cake, but she didn't know how. I will ask my friends what it takes to bake a cake, she said. Ruby ran to the stone wall. She saw Sam squirrel. Sam, what does it take to bake a cake, she asked him. Try adding some nuts, said Sam. Thank you, said Ruby. Come join me when my cake is done. Ruby ran to the fence. She saw Bunny Rabbit. Bunny, what does it take to bake a cake? She asked him. Every cake needs carrot top, said Bunny. Thank you, called Ruby. Please come over when my cake is done. Ruby ran to the brook. She saw Dan duck. Dan, what does it take to bake a cake? I've never made a cake, but I always enjoy snails, said Dan. Thank you, said Ruby. Please come to my house when my cake is done. Ruby ran to the tree. She saw Jenny Wren. Jenny, what does it take to bake a cake? Don't forget wiggly worms, said Jenny. Thank you very much, called Ruby. Please come over when my cake is done. Ruby ran to the pond and she saw Frankie Frog. Frankie, what does it take to bake a cake? Flick, flick, fly, said Frankie. Really, said Ruby. Well, join me when my cake is done. Ruby ran home. She put everything into a big bowl. She mixed the batter up and put it in the pan. She baked it in the oven. This does not smell good, said Ruby. Ruby's friends came over to share her cake. She took it out of the oven. This does not look good, said Ruby. Ruby cut the cake and she gave it to her friends. Her friends began to eat. This does not taste good, said Ruby. No, no Ruby. This case this, this cake is nice and crunchy, said Sam. And the cake is good and tall, said Bunny. It has a lovely round shape, said Dan. I've never tasted such a juicy cake, said Jenny. What a colour, Ruby, said Frankie. This one this is one green cake. Ruby smiled. This is not a good cake, she said, but you are good friends. Okay, I actually have a story to tell. You know, there's a character in this book called Frankie Frog. And one time at my school, I was like, I think in second or third grade. And I caught this frog. And in case you didn't know, I kind of like frogs. They're like my favorite animal. I don't know why. And I caught it and I wanted to keep it as a class pet for my teacher. And I showed it to all my friends and they thought it was so cute. And I named him Frankie. So I was like... When I saw this, I'm like, whoa, that's so random. And then, um, the recess lady made me throw him over the fence, so that was kind of sad. But, yeah, I, I was kind of sad that day, but that was okay. So, let's go on to the next book. Okay, see ya. Now we're going to start reading Pig the Winner by Aaron Blabby. Just in case you didn't know, Pig is a greedy pug that always gets what he wants. Okay, Pig was a pug, and I'm sorry to say, he didn't come first, it would ruin his day. Yes, Pig was a winner, he just had to win. And nothing would stop him. Oh, where to begin? Second. Believe it or not, he was quite hard to beat. And then it was simple. Yes, Pig was a cheater. He would cheat, is what it says, but it's easier to say that. <laughs> but if he did lose, he'd throw a pink fit, he'd scream and he'd cry, and he just wouldn't quit. He'd sob and he'd sulk with a quivering chin till you gave up and said to him, Okay, you win. But as soon as you said it, he'd clap and he'd stamp and he'd rub it in loudly that he was a champ. Trevor would say to him, Let's just have fun. But Pig would reply, it ain't fun, till so I have won. <laughs> That's not nice. He wolfed down his food. He gobbled his kibble. His face was awash with biscuits and dribble. He had chomped up three sausages, all of them whoppers. Then he munched through his doggy treats, gnashing his chompers. He swallowed it all in a minute or less, but something was wrong. Do you know? Can you guess? Because he was busy stuffing his hole, Pig didn't notice. He swallowed his bowl. The bowl. Oops, I think I might have skipped a Yeah, I think I did skip page. Lucky for Pig, Trevor knew what to do. He squeezed out the bowl before Pig could turn blue. But Pig didn't thank him. He just said, I win. Then the bowl bounced right back and knocked Pig into the bin. The bin is a trash bin, too, so. <laughs> These days, it's different. I'm happy to say Pig's not the winner each time that they play. He loves to have fun, and his tantrums have seized. Yes, Trevor can win now. Well, sometimes, at least. <laughs> okay. That's all Pig the winner, the book says. It's kind of fun to lose sometimes because then you feel better when you win. Next, we're going to start reading Ada Twist's Scientist. Okay, let's go read the book. Now we're going to be reading Ada Twist Scientist by Andrea Beatty, I think that's how you say her name, illustrated by David Roberts. Ada Marie, Ada Marie said not a word to the day she turned three. She bounced in her crib and looked all around, observing the world but not making a sound. She learned how to climb and made a big break with hurls of chaos left in her wake. She ran through the day chasing each sound in sight and didn't slow down till she conked out at night. Her parents were frazzled but tried not to freak as Ada grew bigger and still did not speak. Clearly young Ada, with lots in her head, would have something to say when it ought to be said. That's just what happened when Ada turned three. She tore through the house on a fact-finding spree climbed up the clock just as high as she could. Her parents yelled stop, as all good parents would. Ada's chin quivered, but she did not cry. She took a deep breath, and she simply asked why. Why does it tick, and why does it duck? Why don't we call it a granddaughter clock? Why are those pointy things stuck to a rose, and why are there hairs up inside of your nose? She started with why, and then what, how, and when. By bedtime, she came back to Y once again. She drifted to sleep as her day's parents smiled at the curious thoughts of their curious child, who wanted to know what the world was about. They kissed her and whispered, you'll figure it out. Her parents kept up with their high-flying kid, whose questions and chaos both grew as she did. Even Miss Greer found her hands were quite full when young Ada's chaos wreaked havoc at school. But this much was clear about Miss Ada Twist. She had all the traits of a great scientist. Ada was busy that first day of spring, testing the sounds that make mockingbirds sing. When a horrible stench whacked her right in the nose, a pungent aroma that curled up her toes. Zowie, said Ada, which got her to thinking, what is the source of that terrible stinging? How is a nose? No, there's something to smell. And does it still stink if there's no nose to tell? She rolled off questions and tapped on her chin. She'd started the start where she ought to begin. A mystery, a riddle, a puzzle, a quest. This was a moment that Ada loved best. Aida did research to learn all she could of smelling and smells both stinky and good. When Hypothesis Aida thought could be true, the terrible stink came from Dad's cabbage stew. She tested and tested, but soon Aida knew it was time to come up with Hypothesis 2. Then Zowie the stink struck again, just like that, Hypothesis 2, it's caused by the cat. The cat couldn't make such a stink on its own, it needed perfume and some fancy cologne so young ada tested the test was a flop and she started again but her parents yelled stop ada marie ada marie to the thinking chair now by the time we count three enough said her mother that's it said her dad her parents were frustrated frazzled and mad why ada questioned her mother said no what ada queried her father said go you've ruined our supple you made the cat stink enough with the questions now sit there and think She looked at her parents, her heart turned to goo, poor Ada Twist didn't know what to do. She sat all alone, all by herself in the hall, and Ada once more could say nothing at all. And so Ada sat, and she sat, and she sat, and she thought about science and Stew and the cat, and how her experiments made such a big mess. Does it have to be so? Is that part of the success? Our mess is a problem, and while she was thinking, what was the source of that terrible thinking? Ada Marie did what scientists do. She asked a small question, then she asked two. Each of those led her to three questions more, and some of those questions resulted in four. As Ada got to thinking, she really dug in. She scribbled her questions and tapped on her shin. She started at why, and then what, how, and when. At the end of the hall, she reached why once again. In the picture in the book, She's drawing on the wall of her thinking hall. Parents calmed down and they came back to talk. They looked at the hallway and just had to gawk. Not a pair, uh, not a patch of bare paint could be seen on the wall. The thinking chair was now the great thinking hall. They watched young daughter. They watched their young daughter and sad as they could. What would they do with this serious, this curious kid? They wanted to know what the world was about. They smiled and whispered, we'll figure it out. And that's what they did because that's what you do when your kid has a passion and a heart that is true. They remade their world now they're all in an act of helping Ada Ada sort fiction from fact. She asked lots of questions. How could she resist? It's all in the heart of the young scientists. And for that smell, what can Ada Twist do but learn all she can with their friends in grade two? While they discover this thing that curls toes, well, that is a question and someday who knows that is the end of the book So let's keep going with this episode of exploring Urgh. you're probably gonna wonder when I actually say that right but let's move on just for right now okay okay. Man, I'm sorry that this is the end of our video, I mean, not video, episode of Exploring Earth. Although, I think that was the first time I've said it without making the sound effects, but since some of my friends, they want us to make this a little bit more fun. Um, I'm going to do a few jokes, okay? Why are libraries the tallest buildings in the world? Because they have so many stories. Ha ha ha, very funny. Why did the cardiologist recommend that his patients go to the library? Why, I don't know. He heard they're good for circulation. (laughs) In case you didn't know, a cardiologist is a heart doctor, I think, I think. Why did Dracula go to the library? He wanted to sink his teeth into a good book. How'd you know me? Because I just read it. Yeah, that's probably true. Why can't you go to the world's biggest library? Oh no. Because it's always overbooked. That's funny. Why did the librarian fall down? I don't know. He was in the non friction section. Okay, I think I'm done for today. See you next time on Explore Thank you everyone for listening to this. Goodbye.